I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy beautiful town. Hello and welcome to Lousy Beautiful Town, where we like to scream about Star Wars and put our fists through things. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Abby. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our second episode, everybody. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> if you stuck around, apparently you like us a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know we said we'd be bi-weekly, but here we are a week later recording again, so... Whoops, we kind of got addicted. We're a little excited. We have things yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to say the response, ha- I think, has been really one of the big things that has made us be like, yes, we need to record more. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for yeah. all your wonderful feedback. And we have reviews, too, which I is know. amazing. I'm so excited. Thank you for validating (laughs) We crave validation. We're off to a good start. Oddly enough, we're not going to really be talking about a ton of actual Star Wars content stuff because there isn't a Mm -hmm. lot of news (laughs) today. And we're not caught up in Resistance, which I know is like the the biggest, hottest thing in town right now. Mm -hmm. But we did get information that the episode nine panel is going to be on Friday at Celebration. And JJ will be there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of pretty much all all we we know. know. (laughs) Did it even have a time for the panel? I think it just said Friday morning. Oh, so there's not even like an exact time. It's just morning. This is okay. This has been giving me such anxiety is that they have not released a full schedule yet. I know. Like I know what time the Rep Matters panel is and I know what time um, Rogue Padron is on the podcast stage and that's it. (laughs) What time is Rogue Padron on the podcast stage? I don't even know that. Uh, 5 p.m. on Sunday. You're welcome, Rogue Padron. (laughs) You should go to the podcast stage and uh, hang out with Rogue Padron at 5 p.m. on Sunday. (laughs) We better get glistening bodies for this. I'm just saying. Just, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I think my flight is at like 7. That sucks. I didn't know it was on Sunday. I thought they they were going to be there on Saturday. Damn it. Bummer. Maybe I'll try to make like the first 15 minutes and then I'll run through the convention center <laughs> to oh catch God. an Uber. <laughs> you will sprint for your life. Uh, and I'm flying out of O'Hare too. Which oh, God. I know. <laughs> so No, bad plan. Bad plan. <laughs> uh, it was the cheapest flight. Mm. Whatever. So since this, I mean, it's like middle of March and we still don't have a title yet. No. Do do we think they're just going to wait and reveal the title at the episode nine panel? I, I I had this realization while I was driving home from work today that like, I don't think they'll tell us the title until we watch the trailer, or the teaser trailer or whatever. And are like, they going to, are they going to release that? At the panel? <laughs> it's like, they're going to, JJ Abrams is going to walk on. This is, this is how the panel is going to go. JJ will walk on and be like, yep episode nine is coming thanks for being here and then the panel ends because that's pizza what it for feels everyone like. there's pizza <laughs> yeah <laughs> i bought you all pizza again wow yeah um, but i i feel like they won't show us the title until like the end of the trailer and it'll be like star wars insert title here how did they announce it last year? They just announced it like online, right? I don't I think. Yeah, I feel like it was with Good Morning America, something like that. Yeah, that's usually and I have how it I is. 
I have no memory of how TFA was announced. It was uh, like they just straight up put on Twitter, like the Star Wars Twitter was just like, Star Wars The Force Awakens has finished principal photography. Oh. <laughs> and then somebody was like, the title hasn't been released yet. And then the Star Wars Twitter was like, it just has. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So we're going a different route this oh round. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I know a lot of people put a lot of weight on the titles because they mm-hmm. are really significant, but I honestly, I kind of don't care. Yeah, same. <laughs> I really like, don't. I like... I'm so over the speculation game for this trilogy. Mm. Like I have things that I want to happen and I have things I don't want to happen. But honestly, as long as it all ends with Finn and Ray and Rose happy, that's all I care about. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Poe too. Poe can yeah. be happy, but that's yeah. less important to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm just not good at speculating. Like I just people- don't feel like I have enough information. I mean, we have zero no. information right. to be honest. Right. Like there's been a few set photo leaks, but mm-hmm. I mean And I'm not, not one gonna... to like seek out spoilers. No, I'm not either. So my boyfriend Billy for um The Last Jedi didn't watch any trailers. He didn't like read any news releases or even know who was like added into the cast. Like he didn't know anything. I mean, I told him about Rose Tico just because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, an Asian in Star Wars. <laughs> um, that's not a man. It doesn't have an accent. But that was literally the only thing that he knew about it. And he knew that Ryan Johnson was directing it. And he loves that movie so much. Like he's like, this is my favorite movie ever. And he had a great time. And I was like, maybe that's what I need to do. Um mm-hmm. But I don't know, because we're like, we obviously have a podcast now to talk about this stuff, <laughs> right. and we're kind of surrounded oh. by this news all the time. It's really impossible to, like, right. go online sometimes, because, like, even in, like, my Google News section, it's, like, for you, and it's, like, Star Wars and Marvel News, because that's, yep. like, everything that I read on my phone. Same. So even if I wanted to get away from it, like, Google and Twitter won't let me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I feel like we should take some bets on if we're gonna get a title or a trailer <laughs> at celebration <laughs> um should keep it low like ten dollars not that i encourage betting on this podcast <laughs> i do not i'm bad at gambling mm-hmm. big thing putting that out there um do not enjoy vegas for the gambling mm-hmm. um well i guess we'll see in a month it's like yeah. a month away it's so crazy Jesus um, oh, by the way, I did confirm that the Rep Matters panel is at 1 p.m. So, yes, oh, good. you were correct. Yeah. <laughs> I know everything about two panels. I know. That's literally, I, I was talking to Suara today. I was like, am I supposed to get a pass? And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know. We should probably find, I should probably check. He's like, I'm pretty sure you do. We're like, yeah, we should probably confirm all this since yeah, it's like coming plan. up. <laughs> oh, um, brief plug. I'm going to WonderCon in Anaheim at the end of this month. Um, I'll be there on the th- on Saturday the 30th for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel for my other podcast. Um, so if you're at WonderCon and you see me wandering around looking very afraid because <laughs> crowds scare me, uh, feel free to wave at me or say hi. Um, I-, I promise I'll try not to be weird. Uh, actually, I-, I can't promise that, but I'll try <laughs> not to be weird. Approach just with caution. <laughs> yeah. I, I have uh, – I don't know if it's just – because I don't, I'm a weirdo, or I just have social anxiety. But I get really weirded out sometimes when people just come up to me and are like, "Hi, I, you're Jess. I'm so and so." 
that doesn't happen very often, but every so often it does. Or like, I know you because like, I know your parents or I know some, I know your boyfriend or something. And I'm just Uh like, I I feel like I get really weird. And um, so yeah, if that happens to you, I apologize. (laughs) It's just because I'm not used to being approached like by people, random people. (laughs) I think that's a normal thing to be kind of weird about. Like, hello, I know exactly who you are, but you have no idea who I am. And I kind of like, I That's just don't strange. know what to say. Right. I like, <laughs> like okay, like, cool. Thanks. What do I say now? <laughs> Finger guns away. <laughs> yeah. I'm so fucking awkward. I, I make myself sound very like conversational and and natural in, in front of a mic, but it's because you can't see me. As mm-hmm. soon as there's a person in front of me, I'm like, <laughs> we have some, 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 uh, heavy topics today yeah. since we're not really talking about source content but we felt <laughs> like we should we should put this out there um mm. right away so you know what we're about we're going to talk about online harassment because as women in an online mostly online fandom i mean star wars fandom is not mostly online it's kind of everywhere but we celebrate our fandom mostly online on social media sometimes we experience harassment from strangers Mm -hmm. sometimes not strangers sometimes mutuals Mm -hmm. and I just thought I mean well we both thought (laughs) this is something that we should talk about because and I'll kind of let you take take lead on this discussion but just as a, a precursor a lot of people have different methods of how to deal with the trolls quote and mm-hmm. I think that the two of us have a very similar uh, philosophy yeah. on, and it's based off of a book that we've both read. And um, I'll let you take it away. Onto yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, the rest of what what this is yeah. for us. <laughs> I mean, like, sure. Episode two, like, let's let's fucking dive into it. <laughs> right. Um, so, like Jess was saying, online harassment, like women in fandom experience it a lot and that's an understatement (laughs) but I think well I don't think I know that both of us have had our fair share of experiences with online harassment I think a lot of my experiences with online harassment didn't really occur until I joined Star Wars Twitter um (laughs) I had yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I had welcome. Like, right, right. <laughs> Thanks for the warm, loving welcome. I had a few experiences with online harassment in high school, but that was like dumb high school drama um, compared to the different kind of online harassment you experience as a marginalized person um, in a fandom space. So I thought we might talk about our experiences a little bit from what we can remember, because sometimes we repress that shit and we block it out of our memories. Um, (laughs) But Jess, do you have any ones that come to mind immediately? I remember, I mean, I've put some pretty good filters on my, Mm -hmm. like, Twitter's, um, what is it called? Their uh, content filter, whatever filters they have, something like that. Um, It actually works pretty well. So I get like I use two apps for Twitter. So I use the actual iPhone Twitter app and I also use TweetDeck. No, TweetBot. TweetBot. I, I swear I know what I use, <laughs> um, which is kind of useless to me now because um, Twitter hasn't been 
allowing third-party apps to use some of the stuff like DMs and some of the stats and, and things like they used to before. So basically, it's just my timeline, <laughs> which, I mean, whatever. But um, so I use both. And the sometimes I get mentions that come through on TweetBot that don't come through on the actual app because the filters don't let me see them. So sometimes I'll be like on the regular Twitter app, like a bunch and I'm like blissfully unaware and then I'll go on Tweetbot and I'm like what the fuck is this (laughs) like all these randos like spewing hate Mm -hmm. um unless I've blocked them and yeah I'll just be like what I didn't you know I didn't know so Mm -hmm. I tend to check that every so often just to see so I can find people to block but um I mostly get it like occasionally on rep matters days when I post a lot lately I haven't been just because the topics we've been talking about I don't like fall under that demographic. So I feel like I don't have a lot to say, like from my personal experience, I've just been boosting. But Mm -hmm. when I have stuff to say about my personal experience, I get people in my mentions saying like, you know, my experience isn't valid or I don't see color or, (laughs) you know, down the line. I feel like when we first started the hashtag, I got a lot more harassment than I do now. And I don't know if that's just because I blocked all the right people <laughs> or if the the filters are working better. But I used to get people up in my mentions saying like some racial slurs, mm-hmm. saying all kinds of misogynistic shit, like death threats, rape threats. And before I kind of knew how to deal with that, I would send my boyfriend in because he loves to troll trolls. <laughs> And so I would just, like, he would just, like, go back and forth, like, nonsense with him. Like, here's another troll if you want to have fun for an hour while you poop. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And, but, like, yeah, I I feel like I've created, like, a nice little bubble now. So I just get a lot less than I used to. But I know, I do know that there's a certain website, like, a a stupid blog that I've been featured in Mm -hmm. a few times and there's a certain YouTube channel that I've been featured in a few times but I ran one of those blockchain apps mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. so that um, anyone who's following the person who runs that YouTube channel like is already blocked automatically mm-hmm. so I think that has helped cut down on a lot but I know you've had some <laughs> you get weird ass shit in your mentions like weird dudes feel like they have access to you to say whatever they want and I want like tell our listeners like some of the weird ass shit that that people say to you because good lord yeah I don't fucking know what I did (laughs) um you will be you were you were female and mm -hmm. you're on the internet Mm -hmm. and that's and I'm fucking loud yeah oh how dare I (laughs) I, I too have been featured in that blog website bullshit and that specific YouTuber. Um, and yes. I too have used the blockchain, which has been a fucking blessing in my life. Oh my God. Um, yeah. But yeah, so th- that those were um, interesting. I think my first kind of, I guess, yeah, my first kind of big experience with being harassed on Star Wars Twitter was when all of the shit went down with rebel force radio over the summer (laughs) um and i got no problem with name dropping them because fuck those guys (laughs) um but i was pretty vocal about like their fucking bullshit and calling it out and saying 
that say calling them for what they were, which was they were being mm-hmm. misogynist, they were racist, they were they were homophobic, they were all sorts of different kinds of things. And I was just like, no, uh, this is not okay because these Rebel Force Radio at that point had been kind of this appointed like ambassador of the fandom. Yeah, and they, they were like the biggest. I think they still are the biggest Star Wars podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, downloads wise, yeah. I know. <laughs> and like, they're uh, they obviously weren't the only ones. There's a ton of other, more often than not, white dudes who kind of become the face of Star Wars fandom online, which is really frustrating because a lot of them mm-hmm. don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> and they were definitely one of them, but I was just like, no, you don't, you don't get to be this kind of voice and, and use it to harass other people and put other people down and basically say that women shouldn't be into Star Wars or like the only reason they are is because of men or some bullshit. Um, so yeah. I was really loud about calling them out, which led to just, <laughs> The most ridiculous amount of harassment I've ever seen. Um, Just a slew of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got some death threats. I got a lot of threats of sexual violence. I think that was their favorite one to use. Um, <laughs> Which was just like, cool, thanks, guys. Sorry. My response to, like, awful things is to laugh. Oh, same. So I know this is not funny, <laughs> but that's – I'm sorry. It's something I'm working on with my therapist. This is why it's Jess like and really I are therapy. <laughs> it's because it's really inappropriate, but – We laugh at just... traumatic shit. Yes. Um, so I – if you're upset by my laughter, please, that's just, I, I realize this is awful. I just can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, my God. Uh, the This one incident that sticks out in my mind the most is, like, Rebel Force Radio said something else dumb. And at that point, they had blocked me. <laughs> yeah, when, else, when haven't they said something dumb? Uh, yeah. But at that point, they had blocked me. And I couldn't tell them that I wanted them to fuck off to their face so i tweeted rebel force radio blocked me can someone tell them to eat my ass for me (laughs) which i thought was hilarious and i still do and a good couple of people had like screenshotted that and sent it to them (laughs) which i was like thank you for following up on my wishes (laughs) um to which they replied with uh classy and then I got an influx of people, by people I mean men, coming in to my mentions and tone policing and telling me I wasn't ladylike or whatnot, which, fine, whatever. But the majority of them, that's when, like, the sexual harassment really began. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you opened yourself up to it, uh-huh. Abby. You were asking for it. Exactly. That's exactly what they told me. <laughs> um Hmm. it's crazy how we can just call it on whatever (laughs) but there was one one guy that particularly stood out because he'd been following me for a while and like seemed like a nice dude (laughs) and like you know I hadn't interacted him with him with him much and like we certainly weren't mutuals but like he went on this and commented I'll eat your ass (gasps) As if, like, I was going to be like, cool, yeah, sure, <laughs> come on over. <laughs> Ew. Um, I know. And I was just like, mm, that's not cool. Please don't sexually harass me. And he followed up with, 
you put it out there. Um, and then a whole bunch of other dudes were jumping in on that and defending him. Oh my um, God, of course. Uh huh, uh huh. But like, there were, I will say, a good couple of good dudes who were coming into my defense, which I appreciate, and telling him to fuck off and stuff like that. But when my partner, Chris, jumped in, because he finally got fed up with it, he told the dude, he's like, you need to knock it off. You need to back off. Go to fucking hell. And that's when the dude said, well, then I'll just eat your ass instead. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and I was like, what is um, happening? <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But I I noticed, because like, like I said, Chris wasn't the only dude who was jumping in on this but like chris was the only visible man of color and by visible i mean like had a clear picture of him in his profile so like you knew he's a person of color um he was the only man of color who was within this conversation and the only person they started sexually harassing too and i was like this just fucking speaks volumes yeah about like their mo Mm -hmm. and it was really gross and then mm-hmm. I've also had experiences after all the John Kasdan shit, <laughs> oh, God. Um, which is which was hilarious. Most of those were just like calling me a bitch or a whore or something like that and whatever. <laughs> and then not Star Wars related was after uh, Chris Hardwick was outed as an abuser. Mm. And um, I was saying as much that he's abuser. He's an abuser and a piece of shit and uh, got a lot of harassment for that one. <laughs> So yeah, people, some Chris Hardwick stands out there, man. Just, Ugh. I don't get it. No. Men and women. Like, right? This is the hill you're going to die on. Okay. Chris Hardwick is the hill you're going to die on? <laughs> Chris Hardwick. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm but I think. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that goes in. That's a good kind of segue into our next point, which is like the impact it has on yeah. fandom, um, particularly on marginalized fans and like. One of them is being grossed out <laughs> yeah, and feeling outrageously uncomfortable. But sometimes like this shit drives people away. Yeah. Um, I know so many people who have been driven away from online fandom because of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, especially like around the last Jedi, like when mm-hmm. that was released, there was a lot of harassment going on about people who didn't care for the last Jedi and just like wanted to leave it at that like mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, know right. so many people who left fandom because they were like okay I it's okay for me to just not like a movie <laughs> like right or to like a movie like right. either one is fine um it's it's awful and like you said it like it makes people uncomfortable so they leave and it essentially silences them which is what they want what these right. people want they want to be the loudest people in the room because that's it's typically, I mean, it's not always, but it's typically white men, white, mm-hmm. cis, straight men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like they're not used to sharing space in a fandom like this. And if they're called out for something that they've believed in for a long time or they don't see a problem with it, that challenges their superiority. <laughs> that challenges their white supremacy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and it's an interesting it's interest well it's interesting to watch the reactions and how fragile some of these people are <laughs> <laughs> which is funny cuz you know I get called a snowflake a lot. Mm-hmm. Um when 
I say it's interesting, but really it's kind of terrifying and sad. Um, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. This has a huge impact on marginalized fans. We already have a smaller space and a like a less mm-hmm. prominent voice. And the fact that people are still trying to silence that, even though we take up so much less space than these white dudes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like Rebel Force Radio, uh, it's, you know, that's exactly what they want. And I think this goes into the next point where harassment isn't necessarily about attention. Like everyone likes to say, just don't feed the trolls. Mm-hmm. And like, that doesn't work. Like, right. yeah, you can ignore them, but like it, sometimes, I mean, I've been ignoring the specific YouTuber and the specific mm-hmm. blogger for months and I still pop up randomly mm-hmm. like in their stories. And it's like, why are you guys still talking about me? I haven't interacted with you at all because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about making my voice small and it's about invalidating my opinions because I'm just an SJW. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> when really I'm a woman of color, that's then mm-hmm. that's threatening. That scares them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like that's the thing I feel like I hear the most often when you know we're talking about like combating online hate. It's like we'll just ignore them and they'll go away, and like it's not how it works. Like no, you're saying, we've. I was just gonna, yeah, because it's not about attention, right? Yeah, it's both of us have been ignoring that blog site and that YouTuber. And like you're saying, we're still constantly featured yeah, in their videos and on their site. And so we've been ignoring them, but that doesn't work because harassment isn't about attention. Harassment is entirely about like power and control and fear and manipulation, which the end game is for marginalized voices to be silenced and eventually kicked out of a community. Um, by force because like you were saying we threaten them (laughs) yeah because we don't fall under the categories of cis white straight able-bodied you know etc etc dude but yeah that's that's i feel like the thing i hear the most is like just ignore them and they'll go away it's what works in child rearing is what i hear a lot is, does that really work in child rearing? So <laughs> my favorite thing is when people explain that to me and I'm like, thank you for your psych 101 lesson. Um, now, let me come at you with my whole ass degree in psychology. <laughs> yeah. So the idea is like, if you ignore a child's bad behavior, they won't do it anymore because they don't get rewarded for it because they're doing it for attention. Mm-hmm. But and, and that does work within child rearing. But the thing is is that in addition to that you have to be rewarding every instance of good behavior to reinforce the kind of behavior you want and that is literally impossible online one because i don't fucking live with these people (laughs) thank god i don't live with these people and two i'm not their mother i'm not here to be their parent and three it's not my job yeah it's not my job to every single time somebody who has harassed me or my friends or whomever in the past to pat them on the back and say good job for not being racist every time they're not racist you don't like, get cookies for not being racist that's right just what you're supposed to do as exactly. a decent human being <laughs> so that's what I fucking hate about people being like we'll just ignore them and they'll go away because that doesn't that's not how it works 
Yeah. Because like we I'm gonna hound this point in. Harassment's not about attention in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It is about power and it's about mm-hmm. control. I we should mention this book that we've both read, Crash Override by Zoe Quinn. So Zoe mm-hmm. Quinn was the woman that was involved in Gamergate. Um she her ex boyfriend like published something online about her, like saying that she was like sleeping with someone to get like game reviews and stuff like that she's a game developer mm-hmm. and it essentially turned into gamergate <laughs> which a whole other a whole a whole bunch of other women got involved in it's just this it's it's created this culture that has fueled comics gate and it's mm-hmm. it's leaking into other fandoms as well it's basically a movement to drive out women and marginalized voices and marginalized creators. And it's awful. And it's a mm-hmm. hate group. And so Zoe Quinn, Zo- Zoe Quinn wrote this book called Crash Override. And it was basically her experience of being involved, being the victim of online harassment. I mean, her harassment was extreme like Mm -hmm. people calling her job harassing her boss like finding her address like she had to go Mm -hmm. into hiding like it like damaged her relationship with her brand new boyfriend (laughs) right it was like she couldn't even be on her phone like it Mm -hmm. was extreme but that is like a reality for Mm -hmm. a lot of women that have that are that have public voices like all it takes is for you to end up in some post on 4chan or on reddit and have enough people be like well this bitch and they'll be like well i'm gonna find out where she lives and where she works and i'm gonna make her life miserable and i'm gonna find photos of her when she was like 18 years old partying or whatever else they can find Mm -hmm. and and publish them and it's just it's all about numbers it's all about a massive amount of people like going after and creating bots to go after someone's persona Mm -hmm. online. And it sucks when like a lot of your public voice is online because you're a marginalized person. You haven't had the opportunities to have a voice otherwise because bless the internet for being a way for us to have this, but also fuck the internet for (laughs) giving everyone a voice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe when they don't deserve it, but um, crush over, I just kind of talks about how, online harassment should be relabeled online abuse. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the patterns within harassment, it it follows the same pattern if you look at an abusive relationship and how the abuser wants to separate the victim from their loved ones and from people that will support them, essentially cutting off your voice, and Mm -hmm. how the abuser wants to uh, make you feel less than and make you feel bad about yourself um, and make you feel inferior, which is like all the, you know, people talking down to you and they want you to feel scared and immobilized. And so by threatening you and making you feel like you can't, you know, say anything or they'll retaliate, like that's all of that behavior is mm-hmm. perfectly encapsulated in that abusive relationship between a harasser and a victim of online harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, abuse, sorry, I shouldn't use that term. Um, but yeah, if you haven't read Crash Override, you really should. It really changed the way that I deal with online harassment. I definitely look at it as abuse. And like before, I was really weird about blocking people. Like, it was, you know, 
sometimes blocking people is seen as like a victory for someone who's harassing them. They'll like post a screenshot, be like, oh, ha, ha, they blocked me. Like what a snowflake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, but really what you're doing when you're blocking someone is you're limiting access. So mm-hmm. if you just mute someone, they can still see the, your posts and they can still screenshot your posts and use your content for whatever nefarious purposes that they choose to. But when you block someone, like they have to go out of their way to try to find your page. If it's public, if you make your page private, that's a whole other level of sleuthing you have to do to try <laughs> to get access to you. And when your whole social circle also blocks this person, it blocks access to any interactions that you might have um, within your social circle. So I always encourage people, like, if someone's, like, harassing someone, just everyone everyone block this person because mm-hmm. it's it doesn't do anything to engage with them because, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. Sometimes some things need to be called out, you know, mm-hmm. depending on who the person is, especially if you know them. Um, but most of the time it's some rando, like they don't, you don't need to engage with them. Like, Mm -hmm. and by just ignoring them, it doesn't solve the problem either. Because like you said, it's, you know, this is not child psychology. These are adults and there's, (laughs) you can't, you can't like relate the two. These are adults online. We're not parenting them. Thank God. And so by just blocking access, you are essentially like, cutting yourself off from the abuse and that's the best I feel like that's the best way to protect yourself in these situations I mean yeah you can't protect yourself from everything like if someone hates you enough and wants to ruin your life they're gonna do so but at least you can try to stop it from being convenient I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and like that's something that I feel like I still struggle with is like blocking and moving I like I do it but there's like this little part of me that because like I just I have such an instinct to fight everyone. Yeah. Um, and I it's totally really, feel that. Yeah. It's really hard to control sometimes, especially like when I notice that somebody is hurting someone yeah. else. Oh, um, for sure. And it's just so fucking hard to not like quote tweet it or respond to it being like, shut up and yeah. explaining why they're a piece of shit or whatever. But like, also, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. And also, I feel like a lot of these like YouTubers and blog sites, like they monetize clicks Mm -hmm. and views. And so you have to be really careful, like what kind of attention you're giving them. I feel like some people in fandom, especially prominent white men, Mm-hmm. like to I mean they like to call attention to it, like this is bullshit like this is a hate group and that's fine but the more attention you're giving them the more clicks and views you're giving them and the more money they're getting and so it's like they're right. able to make a living off of hating on people on the internet hating on women on the mm-hmm. internet essentially which is ridiculous if you think right. about it so it's like if you block access to that you're blocking their monetary stream if you think about mm-hmm. it because you're not giving them content to talk about which I don't I'm not that interesting guys like <laughs> I don't know why you keep right. referring to me as this Antifa supporter that wants violence <laughs> like it's so ridiculous I can't I, every, I laugh every time I see it because I'm just like well if that's what I'm known for there are worse yeah. things I guess right <laughs> whatever yeah. um I don't know this is 
a difficult topic because I feel the same mm-hmm. way you do. It's it fight. It, I have to fight every instinct to want to say something back because I not only do I want the last word, but I want them mm-hmm. to know how stupid they are, and I want everyone else to know how stupid they are. Right. And I've have really like that's something I've been really working on for the past like six months or so is to just like no for my mental health. I have mm-hmm. to block this person because they are, are going to get in my head and that's what I don't want. And yep. that's what they want. They want to be in my head. I was going to say they want me to be thinking about them and they want me to have a bad day because of this. Right. And right. I, sh- I I don't want to give them that power. And so the best thing to do is just block them and move on, even though I'm angry, really angry mm-hmm. for like five minutes and I feel helpless. But at the same time, it's like I still have my voice and mm-hmm. that's my victory in all of this is that I'm still able to say what I want to say and still feel safe saying right. what I want to say. Right. How, how you feel. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think the thing that has really encouraged me to, to be able to walk away and be like, Nope, you don't need to fight every single person. Um, you can just block them and, and get on with your day was like thinking of it in terms of my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, which you think I would be good at as a mental health <laughs> professional, but I'm not good at thinking about my own mental health. Um, but like thinking about it as a way of, am I really going to expend emotional energy on this person who won't listen, who yeah. everything's going in one ear and out the other, who isn't willing to change and has demonstrated to me that they're not willing to change their views. Why would I waste my time, my energy, my knowledge on a person who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And um, I mean, you can tell who oh, is yeah. actually there to just be stubborn and who is actually like, I want to learn. Like, right. it's, it's obvious. Right. So I, I think coming from it, thinking of it from that angle has helped me a lot in terms of being like, nope, just block them. Yeah. Just block them because it's not worth your emotional energy. And like, I'm still like you're saying, I'm still angry and I'm still upset and I still have my voice. So what can I use to put my emotional energy into? Um, And a lot of that times that turns into like making a thread on Twitter that doesn't involve that person of of being like, I saw this today or some dumbass said this today (laughs) and let's talk about it and why it's wrong. So that way you're educating people who want to be educated they're reading your thread because they want to be a better person or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to turn my angry energy, which I have a lot of, <laughs> mm-hmm. into into some sort of positive angry energy, yeah. <laughs> if that's a thing. No, that absolutely makes sense. It's like redirecting your energy into trying mm-hmm. to make it not necessarily, I wouldn't say positive, but maybe like productive. <laughs> yeah, that's a better word for it. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. I feel like I do that a lot too. I, mm-hmm. I do it less just because I don't have the emotional energy a lot of times to even just like make myself care. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I don't know. I just, I just want to love Star Wars and I want to fight against racism, but sometimes. I want to put my fist through things. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes putting my fist, I have to choose my battles on mm-hmm. where I need to expend my energy, just like you were saying. Like, mm-hmm. I I have a l- very little energy these days, so I really need to prioritize. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And going after people who want to abuse you online is just not where I want to spend my energy anymore. It used to, I mean, like sometimes you get a thrill from it, like responding to someone and just like Mm -hmm. going back and forth and feeling like, oh, I'm, I have superior intelligence to this idiot that's like, (laughs) I am this racial slur and that I should go fuck myself. But Mm -hmm. like, I'd rather like use that time to like talk to people that I love and like talk about things that I love and fight for things that I think are important. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like the overall message here should be that like you come first. Yeah, um, absolutely. When it comes to online abuse, it's protecting your mental health, protecting your energy, protecting your safety is far more important than putting yourself in the crossfire. I um, think, too, on that note, protecting people that you care about as well that might mm, be within your circle, that might be yeah. marginalized, more marginalized than you are, not that it's oppression Olympics, but there might be some people who are very sensitive to online abuse and they just like can't handle it. They, you know, you have to think about that too. Like someone who's like combing through your profile might see replies to someone that you care about who, you know, can't handle something like this or doesn't want to, or is just more sensitive to it. And they might become a victim of this because Mm -hmm. of your outspokenness and that sucks. But you, I always try to think about, other people that I interact with that I don't want to see them involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I have a, a couple of friends within Star Wars Twitter that they absolutely do the same thing because they know what it's like to be on the other end of that online abuse. And they don't mm-hmm. want that for their friends who have maybe more public lives on Twitter who like post pictures of themselves when they're out doing social things or um, like, you know, they, they post their location, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a safety issue mm-hmm. for not just you, but for, for your whole social circle, which is, exactly. it sucks that we have to think this way, but mm-hmm. person who invented Twitter and currently runs it can't get their <laughs> shit together to actually, uh, make reporting something that's <laughs> useful. Uh-huh. Um, I reported a, an account the other day. I got drunk and I was like, all right, who's bothering me? <laughs> and went on Tweetbot and was like, all right, let's see who I, who's in my replies that I haven't seen because uh, I haven't been on this app. And um, I reported like all these like spam that was basically mm-hmm. just tagging me in a bunch of shit that was like abusive and like nonsense. And I was like, why are you doing this? So I reported it as harassment like targeted Mm -hmm. harassment and they said it didn't violate the terms i'm like i'm tagged in like 20 tweets from this person Mm -hmm. in a day like that's and there's that's nothing Mm -hmm. like (laughs) this guy doesn't even have a profile picture he's an egg (laughs) (laughs) no i feel that like on a spiritual level (laughs) of like, like i not too long ago i had reported this guy who's relatively well known and like the anti tlj circle who had created this like bracket this oh my god the the shill wars bracket um and this was the the female edition Mm. um and i was included on that one the female edition Uh, that had steel on it for some reason yeah but they they (laughs) removed him and put oh i can't remember who else they put on there but they put somebody else on there um 
but yes, it did originally feature Seal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stealing um, all the ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're like, I remember there were like two spots open and they were like, let us know who you want in there. And my name got tossed around and like I reported all of those people. I reported the person who created the bracket because like they were using my image multiple yeah. times to yeah. in order to harass me and put me in harm's way for other people to come and harass me and saying like nasty shit about me um and that didn't violate twitter's rules so mm. cool thanks that mm-hmm. <laughs> oh we can't have all those alt-right accounts running away from twitter because they can't keep being alt-right mm-hmm. at others <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying words. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. I don't know. The internet's garbage, but also I can't stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we wouldn't be here without it. Right. Um, I don't know. I've, I've made a lot of great friends thanks to Twitter, mm-hmm. and I've met a lot of amazing people, and I've been a part of a lot of amazing things, and I'm not giving that up because mm-hmm. people want to harass me. I'll do everything that I can to not make that happen to me right um and there's plenty of ways to do that so we mentioned that blockchain thing it's basically Mm -hmm. like a a browser plugin that you install and you basically just you i forget exactly how you do this but you like um basically you plug in like someone's username i think and Mm -hmm. it just like goes through everyone that follows them and i think it blocks up to like five thousand people maybe more eight thousand yeah i can't remember it doesn't block like a ton of people but it blocks enough i think to where i've definitely noticed a difference (laughs) yeah oh yeah for sure (laughs) and then also just like people publish block lists too which are helpful um Mm -hmm. I was being harassed in the comics community for a little bit and I blocked a whole bunch of people. That was a whole thing. Um, But thanks to a block list and just like, if you see someone posting, like I try to post a screenshot, so I'm not tagging the person Mm -hmm. in it. And I'm like, Hey, this block, this dude, like I just put that out there, like block this. Here's another person for you to block Mm -hmm. because like, it's not worth it for me to get my followers involved or people in my community involved with this idiot. But also, I don't want him to have access to me or anyone else. So, right. you know, just putting it out there. Here's another here's an, here's another one. <laughs> so that's that's kind of how I combat harassment mm-hmm. for now. If you do anything, do you do anything else? Because I know you've done most um, of the same. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I've done a lot of the same. And sometimes I'm really bad at taking my own advice. But um <laughs> Going back to like protecting the people in your community, um, sometimes there's a time and a place and if you have the emotional energy for it to use your privilege in order to protect um, other people, which I feel like I, I try to do, I hope. But like in particular, if somebody is if I see somebody harassing and yelling at and abusing um, women of color online because I'm a white woman, I still have a level of privilege and acceptance with that white guy that's harassing them because I'm also white um so Mm. there's a little bit of you're like me to it um (laughs) and so like awful and ridiculous right you're absolutely right so but I mean like if I if I need to I'll jump in to protect the people that I care about you know and Mm -hmm. so you know if you've got a if you've got the emotional energy at that time and like you, you, you're in a position of privilege. I, I, I would suggest 
you know, helping out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like sometimes the person being like abused kind of feels like, oh, there's people that are like on my side and it's not just mm-hmm. me fighting this like yes. specter of of nonsense in mm-hmm. in my mentions. It's like having solidarity. It's like yes. from from people that like you said do have privilege or have mm-hmm. more privilege maybe which can't even tell you the amount of times like some white dudes been in my mentions like saying some dumb shit and then like a white man who is a mutual of mine will come in and <laughs> say the exact same thing that uh-huh. I said and they'll be like oh that makes sense it's like oh fuck you yeah <laughs> go to hell <laughs> but this is why we can't be silent this is yes. why we have to have to this is why we deserve a voice and mm-hmm. this is this is why we stay um, I totally don't blame people for leaving and just no. being like, fuck this, because yeah. sometimes it's like so much. I take breaks. I lock my account. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to for my sanity. Um, I think another thing, too, is to be aware in, in terms of like protecting those that you love, um, being aware of and I try not to be aware of hate groups, but if their hate, hate groups are on a crusade for mm-hmm. like a specific person to target a specific person, just warning them like yeah, privately, like, hey, you should have been a video or hey, so-and-so is like, you know, I know you have them blocked, but they're like on a rampage, like talking mad shit, like just be prepared for an influx of trolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. cause sometimes it's like you can preemptively lock your account or just block a bunch of people and you just don't even, you don't even know what happened. Right. Um, and I feel like their attention span moves on pretty quickly. So oh, it's like yeah. within a couple, within a day or a couple days, you can yeah. unlock your account again and it's all fine. But yeah, I don't know. Nice, nice light topic of conversation <laughs> to start off the episode. <laughs> episode two, baby. Let's get Hour. into online harassment. <laughs> 50 minutes in and it's like, oh, dude, we should have just talked about this, but we still have other things we're going to talk about. So, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll definitely talk about this again because I'm sure it'll come up again. Mm-hmm. Um, something that popped up in Twitter last week because Captain Marvel was released two weeks ago now, something like that, something like that was there were lots of headlines that were saying Captain Marvel is like the most successful female-led film after I forget some other film that was female-led. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm sorry. I should have written this down. Um or it was the most successful film, female-led film or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and it got I saw a couple people talking about like why wasn't um The Force Awakens considered a female-led film because of Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought we should kind of talk about that because um I mean you could say the same thing about Carrie Fisher in the original right. trilogy. I don't think the prequels warranted Natalie Portman to technically be the leading lady, although I do feel like The Phantom Menace like was her film. Mm-hmm. Um but those films were definitely about Anakin. So, oh God, yes. <laughs> but I don't know. So, um, I felt like we should talk about this. And how do you feel, uh, like about The Force Awakens not being called a female-led film? How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. It's frustrating that it's not to me. Yeah, like it in. When somebody, uh, when I saw people saying that, like, why isn't The Force Awakens considered a female-led film? Like, I never considered it to be one. Yeah, me and, like, either. I don't know if that's, like, a bad thing or not. 
I felt a little guilty, to be yes. honest. I was just like, shit, why did I never think that? Fuck. Uh, let yeah. me re-examine my own personal biases. But then, like, whilst I was re-examining my own personal biases, I was like, no. It, the Force Awakens is really an ensemble film, with the main focuses really being on Rey, Finn, Han, and Kylo Ren, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rey and a bunch of dudes... <laughs> And she's very much so part of that ensemble. But, like, I feel like it's not even until the third act of the film that we're, like, meant to know that this whole thing was Ray's story. Yeah. It's like not- when she's fighting Kylo Ren in the forest. Yes. like That's when it finally feels like her story to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, she, you know, she's kind of got, like, a little bit of a hero's journey. And, like, her acceptance of the call doesn't come until the end of the film. And it's a beautiful moment. It's one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. However, like like we're saying, like it's not until like the last half hour of the film <laughs> that yeah. you know that the sequel trilogy is supposed to be about Rey. And even then, it still doesn't feel like it. No, because I do feel like Finn like plays such an important part, yes. especially in The Forkest Awakens. He's very much the glue that holds the story together. Like, without him... None of these things would have happened. Right. But also, like, he kind of goes through his own little arc, but I don't know. I feel like the story is about him, too. Mm-hmm. But I feel less certain after The Last Jedi uh, about yeah. him mm-hmm. being the focus of the trilogy. It's very obviously that Rey is. Mm-hmm. I would have Rain loved Kylo to be yeah. honest, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which I kind of hate, but right. whatever. <laughs> I would have loved if it were the two of them, as in Ray and Finn, because yeah, they're both so important in terms of story wise, but also in terms of like representation. Yeah, and like a black man was headlining a Star Wars film, exactly. the new Star Wars movie. I mean, he was like the first thing that we saw in the trailer, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the first trailer that popped up. Exactly, and it's just like I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about Finn in The Last Jedi in particular, and also yeah, Rey in The Last Jedi. But, like, one of those big things about Finn is, like, he got demoted to supporting character in his own trilogy. And, like, I also feel like Rey got, I don't know. I just felt like Rey, a lot of Rey's story in The Last Jedi was about other dudes, but that's a whole other topic. Um Yeah. Well, we can talk about that. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> At a later date. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I just, I have a very hard time seeing this as a female-led film. I mean, I mentioned that the original trilogy also feels like an ensemble film. It doesn't, I mean, a lot of this is about Leia's journey, you know, Mm -hmm. and Luke's journey, but it's, it doesn't ever feel like this is Leia's story, even though she's featured prominently. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, and you put this in the notes, which Mm -hmm. encapsulated exactly how I feel about the sequel trilogy it feels like the se- the original trilogy characters are taking more precedence in the sequel trilogy than the sequel trilogy stars mm-hmm. are. Yes. Like, it's about the end of their story as much as it is even maybe even more so about the beginning of these kids' stories right. with, you know, Ray, Finn, Poe, and Rose now. And even essentially Hux and Kylo mm-hmm. on the other side. It feels like this is like Vader's legacy continuing on with Kylo Ren and 
maybe like the Tarkins or whoever on the Imperial side you want to think of continuing on through Hux mm-hmm. and then Luke continuing on through Ray, Han continuing on through Ray and Finn, mm-hmm. and then um, Leia continuing on through Poe. And I'm not really sure where Rose lines up in there, but she does. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's like this passing of the torch. It almost feels like there should be another trilogy after this that fully focuses on the what is not trio quad quad what's four quad quad (laughs) the the quadrant (laughs) trio but four i'm literally googling this right now (laughs) what is a group of four called Quartet, duh, oh my I'm god! A Why didn't I know that? I was in barbershop <laughs> quartet for years. <laughs> I was in a woodwind quartet for years. We have failed as musicians. Oh wow! Um, uh, thank you, Google, for making me feel like an idiot. <laughs> I'm sure, like people are listening to this and like screaming at us. It's a quartet, you idiots. You know what? We have a lot on our minds yeah. today. <laughs> Listen, we just went through a real heavy topic. Shut up about quartets. <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus, um, Mary and Joseph. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> that there should be a whole nother trilogy to focus on our quartet. Um, yes. Yes. Because uh, this doesn't feel like it's like an amalgam of both sets of characters, mm-hmm. even some from the prequel trilogy, to be honest. Right. Because I feel like Anakin is very much a presence in this film, too, mm-hmm. through Kylo. So I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like when when I when I think about the prequel trilogy, I, I definitely think of it as its own trilogy. And like, I know mm-hmm. that like Anakin becomes Vader and Vader is very much so featured in the original trilogy but like there's not a lot and and obi-wan as well but i don't know something about that just feels so separate to me because it's focusing on their journeys at that point in their life as opposed to like in the sequel trilogy like yeah they're doing that with the with our quartet but like i, I just feel but like every time i think of the sequel trilogy i'm also really heavily focusing on the original trilogy characters um yeah same and i love that they're in there like don't get me wrong i love luke leia and han but at the same time like the force awakens felt like a han movie the last jedi felt like a luke movie and Mm -hmm. um episode nine was supposed to be leia's big movie and while i i love seeing my beloved trio like get to finish out their stories in really beautiful ways I just feel like it just takes so much away from Ray, Finn, Poe, and now Rose. And it's so frustrating. It is. So let's talk about screen time. Mm. (laughs) So I looked this up on IMDb because I was interested. And Ray has 43 minutes of screen time in The Force Awakens, which makes her the character with the most screen time in The Force Awakens, followed by Finn with 31 minutes and 45 seconds. So if you're talking like screen time, sure, this is a female-led film. (laughs) But because of like, she also gets 30 minutes in The Last Jedi, which is still the most, um, she has the most screen time in The Last Jedi, followed by Luke, 
with 21 minutes and 15 seconds. But like, again, kind of going back to like the way that the, the movies are, are framed in terms of whose story is it, like it still doesn't feel like Ray, even though she has the most screen time. Yeah, I would not have guessed that she has the most screen time in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. By a whole like 13 minutes. Wow. Right. Leia had literally 13 minutes of screen time in A New Hope. And so... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh-huh, isn't that sad? But yeah, I just... Wow. There's, there's such a like a cognitive dissonance, if you will, between like knowing that Ray has 43 minutes of screen time in The Force Awakens, but like how much of that, what, however long The Force Awakens is, two hours, 152 minutes, it just doesn't seem like that 43 is all really hers. Yeah. Because she's circulating around another story that mm-hmm. involves Han mm-hmm. and, I mean, Luke in the long run and Finn too. Right. You put in the notes here that Jin gets 36 minutes in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Is that the most? Yeah. Followed in the film? Followed by Cassian with 25. Okay. Yeah. But, but I mean, you wouldn't think of Rogue One as a female led film. You think of it as a ensemble film. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I for sure do. I would, I didn't think of Rogue One as a female led film at all. No. Hmm. So this begs the question. If we're because I know there's a few people on Twitter that like to talk about screen time and they like to talk about talking time in films and if that makes them female led or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does. No. I, it's about the framing of the story. And in The mm-hmm. Force Awakens, like I was saying earlier, like you don't know that it's well, I mean, like you can probably guess, but you don't know for sure that this is Ray's story until she that lightsaber flies into her hands. And that's yeah. there's only like 30 minutes left of the movie at that point. Not even at that point. Mm-hmm. It's about how the story is framed. It's about the quality of that screen time, too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this might get controversial for our listeners because <laughs> people either love or hate J.J. Mm-hmm. I don't love J.J., mm-hmm. so I'm putting that out there. <laughs> so you, just so everyone knows. His mystery box thing bothers me. Oh, God, yeah. In his marketing. And how he chooses to to how he chooses to reveal information about his films and his shows. The marketing for Finn was very deceptive for the Force mm-hmm. Awakens. It made it seem like Finn was going to be force sensitive, that he was going to be the focus of the film. And I know that let a lot of people down mm-hmm. when they actually saw the Force Awakens because it turned into a film not about a black man but about a white woman. Which I mean, that's fine. There's not. There's not enough films about just women in general, but also there's very few films about black men being a hero. So it's like, uh, and I mean, like, I get why he did that. He didn't want us to see that Ray was the hero yet because of the stupid mystery box. But like, that was harmful, I felt, for expectations. And I mean, like, yeah, like, it's our responsibility as fans to not have expectations or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know whatever the phrase is, but (laughs) like... As a filmmaker, you are also and a marketing, you know, team. Like you're responsible for how this film is going to be perceived, and like it's okay to give some of the story away. Like it's right. fucking Star Wars. Right. You kind of know what's going to happen. Like the good guys are going to win. The bad guys will be defeated. It'll all be fine. Someone's going to die. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to use a, a a laser sword, and there's going to be pew pew. Right. Like <laughs> right. 
I don't think it's like a big twist in like what is probably going to happen in episode nine. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that we have absolutely nothing and it's almost April <sighs> and there's like new characters. We know nothing about anything, but this is kind of how it was for The Force Awakens too. Like we didn't know anything except for like when a trailer was released, like, and then we had different expectations from what actually happened in the film. Right. What I find ironic is that the trailers that were released for The Last Jedi, everyone thought it was misdirection. It told exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly what was happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone was like, so used to what JJ was doing, I think, that they thought that Ryan Johnson was trying to pull this bait and switch. Mm-hmm. Like he usually does, and he was like, "Nope, I'm gonna give it, give it to him straight," and no one believed him <laughs> until we saw the film. That was <laughs> wild. Really ironic. That was wild. I know all these, all these, you know, you know, quote diverse films coming out mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe and DC and all these big fandoms is really bringing up these hard conversations about representation and about what makes good representation and it's important that we have them. So I don't think we came to any specific conclusion other than we don't think it's that force awakens is a female led film, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think it's still up for debate Mm -hmm. because by it being Ray's film, it demoted Finn (laughs) and by being the original trilogies film characters, films, it's demoting everybody that was, so diversely cast too so i don't know like but it's hard because we have such an attachment to these characters Mm -hmm. so we want we want their stories it's very conflicting being a star wars fan sometimes being a star wars fan sucks (laughs) star wars is so stressful why do we like it (laughs) that's a title (laughs) (sighs) typing that up right now why is wait what was it why Star Wars is do so stressful. Like- Why oh, do we, we like, like it? <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, um, we should probably talk about what we love right now because <laughs> this has been kind of heavy. Yeah. And ended on a lighter note. So something that I'm loving about Star Wars right now is, I mean, I guess it's kind of Star Wars-y, but um, I'm very stoked for Celebration. Um, yes. One, because it's Celebration. Two, I've never really been to a con before um don't go it's awful (laughs) (laughs) i mean technically okay so like i think it was the summer before my senior year of high school or something like that i went to leaky con when it was in chicago um mostly because um i was huge into a very potter musical and they were putting on a very (laughs) potter senior year live and i got tickets for it which meant i got to see darren chris live (laughs) Oh my god. So that's my only con experience, but I've never I think Star Wars Celebration is probably something that is just on a whole other level. So I'm stoked for that. Also scared because I hate crowds. But also (laughs) stoked that it's in Chicago. It's in my city and I get to show my friends my city. And I think that's the thing I'm most excited about in terms of celebration is seeing my friends. All of these wonderful people that I've met because of Star Wars. Um, because sometimes Star Wars is good um, and, and can lead us to good things. And so I'm very excited to finally meet a lot of my friends in person and hug mm-hmm. them and buy them food and just hang out and have a blast. 
But the other Star Wars thing, like legit Star Wars thing that I am just over the moon about is what I like to call the Padme Renaissance. Um, <laughs> with uh, It's very on brand for you. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh, um, but with Queen Shadow uh, just coming out earlier this month and I think an Age of Republic comic that featured Padme came out relatively recently. And just a whole other bunch of of padme centered stuff and i think part of it too is that it's this year's the 20th anniversary of the phantom menace it's just a really good time to be a padme stan or a stan may if you will um Um, and i've been in love with padme since i was a kid when i saw the phantom menace and was always like grew up frustrated that she never got what she deserved. And so it's really nice to kind of see this resurgence of this love for Padme Mm -hmm. and people recognizing like that she is a great character, but she was like poorly written. (laughs) She was written by a dude. Um, And it's very obvious, but you know, through stuff like Queen's shadow, you can see how incredible of a character she is when she's written by a woman. I can't wait to read it. I'm so impatient it's been another week and the whoever has it is still not done with it at the library i'm so upset return it i was expecting to have it by now if you're listening to this podcast return the damn book so i can read it and we can talk about it i read fast i swear you can have it back right so what about you i love that um okay so there's a movie that just came out on netflix called triple frontier mm-hmm. i didn't watch it but billy did one of the boyfriends of the pod <laughs> boyfriends of the pod <laughs> I can't watch movies like that. I don't like military shit. Like, it just upsets me. I have some radical um, opinions about the military, which I will not talk about because everyone will hate me. <laughs> um, so, But Pedro Pascal and Oscar Isaac are both in that film, and they are both amazing looking, mm-hmm. let me just say. Um, and so it just got me really excited for The Mandalorian because I was like, I, I mean, I know Oscar Isaac obviously isn't going to be in The Mandalorian. Well. I guess we don't really know that. I guess he could be. I mean, Poe would be a child at that point. They're going to de-age Oscar Isaac <laughs> and put him in the mental They're going to make Oscar Isaac like five years old. <laughs> and actually use Oscar Isaac, oh just de-age God. him to a five-year-old. No, because now I'm just imagining oh, wow. like a five-year-old, but like his head is just <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually imagining like a five-year-old Oscar Isaac face on an Oscar Isaac body, like a current Oscar Isaac body. <laughs> so we were just thinking like, the opposite. <laughs> the opposite, yeah. Oh, I hate it. Cursed image. Oh, I do too. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was like, I, I saw this video that was circulating around on Twitter. It's like the Wired video. And I don't know if it was specifically for Triple Frontier that this was done um, or if they just were like, hey, these guys are buddies. Let's put them in this Wired video together. But it's where they do like the autocomplete um things where they like have auto completes about each other and they pull off the piece of tape mm-hmm. and you know they make jokes but they're just so adorable and Pedro Pascal is so adorable mm-hmm. and I am so excited that he's going to be in the Star Wars family and then we're going to have another Latinx person mm-hmm. headlining a Star Wars thing like we not only have the Cassian Andor show with Diego Luna but the Mandalorian has a man of color mm-hmm. like at the helm which is amazing um and also i have to throw this out there um oscar isaac is rocking the salt and pepper oh, hair yes, and facial hair mm-hmm. and it might actually kill me i might actually drown mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> i feel you <laughs> because he looks amazing and i i 
I've seen a few promo shots of him, not promo shots, but like leaked photos. I don't think he has salt and pepper hair for episode nine. And also I think he's supposed to be playing kind of a younger person. Like he's in his what early 30s. I think so. I think Poe is. Yeah. So I don't think he's rocking that, but damn, I wish he was oh. because he looks great. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, he's beautiful. So basically I'm thirsting over to um, Latinx actors that are in Star Wars and you're like wholesome and like excited to see your friends and have Padme content. So hey, that's where we're hey, at today. Part of seeing my friends is thirsting right alongside with them. So I'm with you. Oh. <sighs> thirst buckets over here man yeah sorry everybody (laughs) sorry boyfriends of the pod (laughs) oh they don't know god no actually billy told me i was tweeting about ben mendelson in captain marvel because i was like oh wow he's just great Mm -hmm. and i just want to make out with him and he (laughs) he doesn't go on twitter all the time but when he does it's always when i tweet (laughs) stuff like that Uh (laughs) it's like he has a radar for it and he's like, he like came into the bedroom when I was reading, and he's like, "You're not allowed to make out with Ben Mendelsohn." And I was very upset. Oh no! But <laughs> like, we are all supposed to get one person. And he's like, "No," because the- he knows that I would leave him for <laughs> Ben Mendelsohn. Okay, like big same, but like me with Chris Evans, it's like my yeah. Chris has oh, a radar of like when I'm talking about Chris Evans, and I'm like, Chris Evans is on my list, so that's an acceptable, that's an acceptable person. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Chris Evans is on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Billy's uh, top of his list is Gal Gadot from mm. Wonder Woman. So you know, hey, let's make this happen, everybody. <laughs> Check off the list. Anyway, that's a good note to end on. Um, oh no, we have reviews to read. I forgot. Um, we, um, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, sure. I had, I had tweeted out the other day that if people left us five-star reviews that I would read them on the pod and I, uh, did not expect to get them after the first episode, <laughs> but I appreciate the effort. Y'all are wonderful. <laughs> and I will, I, I am yes, a woman of my word, <laughs> um, <laughs> except when I'm not, but today I am a woman of my word. <laughs> <laughs> and I shall read these two five-star reviews. So the first one is from Sun, and he says, I always love listening to people talk passionately about the things that they love, and there's no doubt that Jess and Abby are extremely passionate about the galaxy far, far away. Episode one is a great appetizer, but I'm looking forward to later episodes where they cover more in-depth topics and themes. Keep up the good work. Well, I hope this yeah. satisfied. <laughs> Your need for deeper <laughs> topics. <laughs> or scared you away. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is like between the harassment and the thirst. I don't know. <laughs> this is like the litmus test. This episode is the true litmus yeah. test of if you're going to stick around for Lousy Beautiful Town or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then our second review comes from Danny, and he says, One episode has me hooked. The hostesses with the mostesses are two voices in Star Wars fandom that I value and trust. So thank Aww. you to both of you for our five stars. It keeps super yeah, thank you. It keeps us validated. And that is what we need. <laughs> we'll keep keep leaving reviews. We'll keep recording episodes. Yeah. We swear. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something to talk right. about. <laughs> uh, on that note, you can find us on Twitter at LBT Pod and you can send us an email at lousybeautifultownpod at gmail.com. 
where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Abby M. Cecilia on Twitter. <laughs> and you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Thank you all so much for listening to this mess of an episode. <laughs> God bless this mess. Town. <laughs> Catch you guys later. <laughs>